Hey, welcome to the Mitten Music. Once again, here with my good friend Jeff. And we're also here with, should I call you Brian or Big B? Either one. Either, Either one? one works. Yeah. Brian, maybe for the sake of ease, I'll call you Brian today. Sure. Hopefully sure. Jeff doesn't mess us up and I'll when probably you say I'll Ryan or Brian. Make sure you're, I know, you're popping I've, the B. Gotta be very clear today. You gotta be popping the B, man. <laughs> So welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. So we got Brian Burleson from Big B and the Actual Proof. Yes. Right? Isn't that a name? It is. That is a that I'm is interested a name to hear for about band. the band. Yeah. Big B. I think I might maybe I will just be say Big B. I don't know. I you like You know it. what? You may alternate. You may switch <laughs> your game up. Well, you you're also <laughs> the only other person besides me and Jeff in the room, so I feel like right. if I'm not talking <laughs> talking to Jeff, I'm talking to you. You have such a creative, interesting, I, I, it, originally I wanted to say theme, but I, I think it's more than a theme. It's, it's your, uh, oh, what, the word's escaping me now. The album name? No, just, oh. there, it's more than the album, it's more than the band name, it's more than the artwork, it's more than how you dress, it's more than the sound of the music, but it's all encompassing in this, like again, a, a lack for a better word, this theme you have going, it kind of intertwines the lyrics, the everything you have going it's creative i don't you don't see that much in you know, if, these if, days. if i was gonna tell you what we were shooting for uh I, I think cinematic we really have a cinematic approach everything uh, intertwines together so well it thanks. all relates yeah that's there's key influences i have that uh that we can talk about um but for sure. uh, I, you know i i describe our our brand and our approach as film noir meets blues guitar and uh, and your your album, the noir uh, the noir album the noir yeah. album. I was yeah. gonna say, was be, be, I saying that wrong? No, that's yeah, what it is. So for those who don't know what noir is, you want to explain that, Brian? Yeah, film noir is uh, a genre that kind of starts in the '40s and it really continues on until now. There's kind of contemporary film noir, but classic film noir is kind of from the '40s up and up into the '50s. Uh, but it's really something that the French identified as this. Uh, you know, m- mostly crime films, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, a, a genre that really had this kind of bleak, uh, you know, approach, especially around crime. It was kind of hopeless, and, uh, you know, it finds its origins in hard-boiled fiction, mm-hmm. especially after World War II, you know. So you have a lot of these guys coming home from World War II that got Dear John letters and everything, and they mm-hmm. are certainly not the most hopeful types yeah. And also, they identify with violence. Sure, I, yeah, gangsters <laughs> kind of fit the right. theme a yeah. little bit. That's what I yeah. think of is the old it school is. gangster yeah. style. Yeah. Not, yeah, and that's just a piece of it. That's not the whole pie. Exactly, but right. yeah, it it it's what people commonly approach with it. And then you know the uh, you know the private investigator film that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's more than that. I mean, like you could consider uh, uh, Taxi Driver is, is a noir. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of my favorite films. I can see that. Yeah, the, uh, the inspiration for one of the songs on the record. Actually. Wasn't that uh, one of Robert De Niro's first movies? What's that? Wasn't Taxi? Uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver one of De Niro's first films? Yeah, um, or am I thinking of the wrong tech? No, that's the yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think it was one of his first. Oh, I guess it, it, it's it's, it's an older one. That's a yeah, late seventies. Seventy six. Yeah, seventy six. I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Definitely yeah. was a young De Niro for sure. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. more. Yeah. He did look very young. Yeah, yeah. some of those stills. Yeah, he was movie. he was in Godfather Two right around the same time. That's a good point. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, your lyrics are definitely on that that vibe. So it which makes sense. Plays into the, the theme. You hear about some robbery. You hear about crime. You hear about 
a lot of different things. And I feel like I wanted to ask you this. I was going to ask you maybe this later, but I feel like maybe the whole thing is tied together because I I catch the sirens at the beginning mm-hmm. and the sirens at the end. Yeah, that, Ooh, that's, is that in, I assume no, that was that's intentional. Absolutely intentional, yeah. uh, and that's a Pink Floyd thing. Oh, Pink Floyd is a huge influence on me. And really, it's funny, you can boil me down to the first two concerts that my my only sibling, my older brother, took me to. Okay, first concert I ever saw was Roger Waters of Pink Floyd on his first solo tour. Okay, and the second concert was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, freaking sweet! And, and if you if like if you go into my basement right now, there's like Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff and Roger Waters posters. Wow! You kind of got spoiled then for the rest of your oh, life. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did. When I when I tell that to people, and they're, they're like, "Man, I saw the Bee Gees," or I, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, or oh, I saw Ario Speedwagon as my first show, and it's mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I saw. I mean, the fact that you saw Stevie Ray. Yeah, I, I saw Stevie Ray 10 times before he died. I got to meet him once. Holy wow. smokes. Which is incredible. Yes, That's awesome. it is. Yeah, yeah. Jeff actually next weekend's going to see the his the his first concert and I feel like you went with your brother, right? The first your first concert with yeah, your brother? Yeah, it was my brother too and we went to Metallica and, and Guns N' Roses and Faith No More and I thought that was I mean it is a it is a pretty high point awesome and I'm going show. to see him again next week but um not quite the same experience, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. uh when you're uh a young, young, youngster, and you're, you're. I was very cultured that day. Yeah, uh, back it's at the Silverdome. It's, it's important. Yeah. That stuff's important. It's pivotal in your life. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I still go to a fair amount of shows. You know, and uh, it really is. It's it's life changing in some instances. For but, sure. You know that Roger Waters show. Waters, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you could you could probably make the argument that he really perfected concept albums. Yeah, and and then the War album is basically a concept album. Yeah. And uh, you know, you think about uh like the wall yep. um and and you know the sounds that are in the beginning of it and, and even when they say, Isn't this where? And then you know what they start back over, we came in. Uh, is you know, yeah. book bookends the record. Right, yeah. Well that was that was a plan is I wanted to bookend the record with the same stuff. Gotcha. So that, you know, it, it, and it also, you know, it, it ages me, especially being, you know, almost in my mid-50s here, that uh, if you had uh, auto-reverse tapes, you know, and you listen to yeah. stuff on cassette, that there would be a click, and, you, you know, you would go right from the end of a record right back to the beginning of it. You know, so that was, you would really notice that stuff, whether, you know, that right. now if you listen to that stuff disjointed from each other, you don't really... Right. recognize it but yeah there's a there's a circular thing about the record i'm glad you picked up on that because mm-hmm. that was certainly very intentional yeah so you, yeah. you mentioned concept that's a, that's a, maybe a better word than i was thinking mm-hmm. if you maybe you do maybe i'm not sure if you have plans for another album would the concept the concept you've had carry over or would it be a different concept uh potentially you know when i say our brand is uh film noir meets blues guitar i i don't know i don't know because i it really started with there was one song that i wrote and it was kind of inspired by listening to a lot of tom waits at the time okay um because i i would say before this point in my songwriting i think i'd written more like autobiographical stuff you know that kind of thing sure uh and uh i really appreciated how tom waits uh operates as a storyteller you know, and then it made me think. I, w- I want to tell stories, so I wrote Red Carpet. Yeah, you know, it's a good one. And uh, 
in thinking about that, you know, I was so pleased with that song. I was like, yeah, I've really nailed what I was going for. It was like, I could do a whole record of stuff like this because Red Carpet is inspired by, you know, and again, we're talking about film noir here, Mm. a very modern noir, uh, L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, uh. The music video kind of gave me that vibe too, L.A. Confidential. Yeah. A little bit. So the music video for Red Carpet is awesome. If you, if you want to see all-encompassing what the concept we're talking about, Thanks. go watch the music video for Red Carpet. You know, before we were, uh, when we were talking off air here, before mm-hmm. the podcast, I was talking about how I kind of, you know, back in college, I, I went to Central Michigan and got a degree in broadcast and cinematic arts, and I got to dabble some in video production and audio production you know, it taught me some stuff, but I had stayed away from video production because the stuff that I did in college, I was not happy with, Okay. you know, uh, but making this record afforded me the opportunity to go back and kind of uh, exercise those yeah. demons. And I was able, you know, it, it, it's, it's really fun to say, and I say this for anybody out there who has an artistic bent. Uh, if you, if you have counted yourself out of something or you're talking yourself out of something, I'm telling you right now. That is, that is a personal red flag. Don't talk yourself out of stuff. If who you were in your development 5, 10, 15, even 20 years ago, whatever, was not capable of that, it doesn't mean that you're not capable of it, okay? So that, that's the thing is, I Words mean, with, to with, live by right yeah, there. With, yeah, with three iPhones, we shot, that, we shot the performance stuff for that video in my living room. Those big what? long curtains and everything, that's in the living room at my house. Wow. And then we shot the other incidental stuff. The guy who produced the record, Peter Jay, and did such a masterful job. Mm-hmm. He is uh, J. Robert Silver, the producer that's in in the video. That was, oh, okay. Okay. And Simone is his wife, Laura. Oh, I was. You see, know, you'll see him in the credits there, but uh, okay. yeah. And I wasn't we, able to put any of that together, but no. I know all the parts you're talking about. Yeah, in the video. we had we had such a blast <laughs> shooting that. And uh, here's another thing. You know, you want to talk about uh, a budget hack? I bought uh, like a 2009 Mac Pro that already had uh, Final, uh, Cut fi- Pro. Final Cut Pro yeah. on it for something like 350 or 400 bucks, and that was. All I used to edit that video, I taught myself Final Cut Pro, and and you and did, did way it. more on this video in the than I thought. I was going to ask you, like, so how what, how much were you involved in the video? Like, yeah. It sounds like literally everything. Yeah. But the, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, that yeah. makes it even ten times cooler. Are oh, you thanks, kidding me? Yeah. Thanks, That's, thanks. But you did it, a fantastic job. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It, it, and again, it, I say this, uh, you know, not about myself, but for anybody out there who's listening. Um, it is so fulfilling to do that kind of stuff. And if you find yourself talking yourself out of it, uh, remember what I'm saying right now. Challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Really challenge yourself because, uh, you know, your ability to do things, to, to transform your experience and to do stuff is, uh, I mean, well, and, and it's if you don't without try, limit. Even you know? if you don't try it, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you might not. I mean, everybody's their biggest critic, typically, mm-hmm. and so yeah. – it may not be where you want it to be, but yeah. if you don't try, like we did, the, I mean, we did the podcast. We're like, let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. If we didn't have fun with it and try it, just we would have never been where we are now. Several so, times yeah. over the last two years, yeah, we could have gave up. Like, yeah, you know, things got, we couldn't get someone, we couldn't get an interview for the next month or this reason, mm-hmm. or we got busy. And like several times we could have been like, ah, well, we tried, mm-hmm. but we just kind of powered through it and can't. After we powered through a little bit, got back in the groove, and mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, this is why we do it, man. And yeah. then 
added more of this and that. Got Jeff's been doing a great job of adding extra pieces to what we should do. You know, mm-hmm. maybe video clips here, there, just yeah, to yeah. kind of promote us yeah. more in other spaces than you know, Spotify is the main place that people will listen to us on. Uh-huh. But we're on other streaming services right, as well. Right. Uh-huh. But yeah. So I'm just I'm giving you a high five, Jeff. Oh, Thank you thanks. so much. Thanks. I appreciate you. That, uh, these kind of things are an important uh, metaphor for how you approach your life. You know, it, it really yeah. is. And uh, I, I think it's easier, for, especially for young people, to get discouraged and kind of start talking themselves out of things. So I felt like you, you have some background in that whole mindset you were talking to us earlier about. Uh, yeah, a, a, key, uh, a key thing about... Uh, my life is that I'm a Nichiren Buddhist. And uh, for those that uh, don't know what that is, uh, Nichiren was uh, a Japanese monk that studied uh, the teachings of the Buddha and in particular seized upon something called the Lotus Sutra as being like the heart of Buddhism and the most important teaching. And then he kind of centered a practice that involves chanting a phrase, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo at this scroll called the Gohanzen, which represents, you know, every aspect of life, but down the center is nam myoho renge kyo Okay, this phrase. And uh, anyway, it, you know, becoming Buddhist uh, really allowed me to kind of raise my own life state and cultivate uh, wisdom, courage, compassion at a level that I hadn't been able to do in my past, you know. And then being able to apply that towards my life, uh, you know, and the creative pursuits, uh, relationships, those kind of things. It's just, it's really been a, a, a transformative thing, you know, which is what it's supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, you know, being able to, uh, it, it has something to do with the name of the band, you know, Big B and the actual proof. I'm Big B, but the actual proof uh, is something to do with the Buddhist practice. That's what we seek to show with what we do with our Buddhist practice, you know, is actual proof of the practice working in your life, mm, you know. Okay. Wow. And that's that's what it's absolutely been for me. Uh, another thing for music fans out there, uh, Herbie Hancock is probably the most famous, at least as far as artists go, uh, Nietzsche and Buddhist that there is, and he has an instrumental called Actual Proof. Uh, Ties it all my, together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, some other, you know, like... Uh, Tina Turner, that passed away recently, was a Nietzsche and Buddhist. Yeah, really? Uh, yeah, or I, I, I didn't know that type of Buddhist. I didn't know specifically the Buddhism, but I knew yeah. that she had yeah. focused more of her later life. And, yeah, and, 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 and not not that, uh, you know, there's not worth in other religions. You know, I'm married to uh, a Lutheran pastor. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's and, unique, uh, yeah, yeah, there's actually a term for uh, Lubu, <laughs> is what they call it, <laughs> Lutheran Buddhist. That we're in a Lubu uh which she gets a kick out of yeah Yeah. and i feel like i mean if we could talk about religion for just a second you know there's so many different religions denominations within religions and Mm -hmm. and a lot of in there's in parts of the world you know the religions are a battlefield almost where there's hate and anger and violence against and but whenever you hear anything about buddhism you you automatically know it's the opposite of anything like that right yeah. So, so I feel I, I hope I've never heard anyone attacking Buddhism or yeah. and maybe and maybe I'm just ignorant and there's like there's been wars or I have no idea but just the 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 base and what I understand from a little bit of what you said today and what I've learned over time and this and that mm-hmm. just it's just really cool it, I I've ne- you make me wanna 
kind of learn about it a little more almost. You know what? I, I w- would recommend it to anybody. And even, even if, uh, you know, you're of a different faith, uh, Buddhism operates as uh, a religion, but it's a philosophy as well. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't have to necessarily approach it from a, a faith standpoint. It's really about enlightenment, you know, and enlightenment is being able to cultivate wisdom. You know, if, if, if you think, you know, again, I'll make that uh, kind of comparison to what I was like when I was younger. Any time that I did something that was unwise and, you know, failed at something or something like that, I, I didn't recognize the cause and effect that was within that. You know, I didn't really analyze what the cause was that I made. I, I could certainly feel the effect of it. Sure, yeah. But I didn't recognize how unwise my approach might have been to that. And if I had taken a wiser approach to something, a more enlightened approach, that I would have been more likely to be successful at, you know. Wow. Um, Power. It, it's it, it's uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, about Buddhism. You yeah, know, I, took, I it, took a Buddhism class in college. Did you? Uh, yeah, and I, I really it was one of the best classes I took there mm-hmm. at the time, and I learned a lot. I mean, it was just it was very enlightening. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was just I, I can't say it was that form of Buddhism, but I learned yeah. aspects of that, and it was. I know this. What I, the question I'm about to ask isn't necessarily related to Buddhism. Maybe mm-hmm. adjacent. Did the title wooden kimono come out of anything oh no no was that just no because you said you were talking earlier about a japanese monk right right, well kimono is from japan isn't it yeah correct in that wouldn't it's yeah it's like a silk robe but uh, a wooden kimono is a is a chicago underworld term for for a coffin oh really yeah that's why i did not know that that's that's why yeah Interesting. That's yeah, that's why I'm gonna fit you for a wooden kimono. I, that's that's a revenge song, is ooh, what it is. Okay, that okay, that's making more sense. Yeah, and now. if you yeah if you if you okay. look if you look up wooden kimono, you'll see that it's a slang term for a coffin. Huh. Anybody listening, check out that song as well. It's a great tune. Yes, Thanks. Definitely. <laughs> so this this album you have, um, had out one year or no about a year or so now yeah it came out uh october i think 28th of 22 okay so we're like right at the one year anniversary yeah. Really. cool yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. now that's that's the only album for this it, co- yeah concept yeah, for you guys and your your band currently right exactly um yeah. what's what was the history for you you i think you talked a little bit prior for us being on air you've been in music for a while but how much did you produce yourself what else have you been doing in the past that led up to this this band? Um, well, I did have uh, another band called Big B and the Magic Bullet. That I think I thought that maybe sparked what your question was because we noticed that on your website. Like, yeah, it's a video with the, the band name's a little bit different though. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a different band I had in the Detroit area, kind of from starting 2003, but really kind of hitting a high point around 06 and 07. We put out a record in. I think it was 06 called 11 shots okay so it was 11 songs and uh that was a six-piece band oh wow uh with the same drummer that i've got now aaron Pittman. what's up here <laughs> and uh yeah but it was it was a different approach uh I, I mean musically uh certainly less cinematic you know you don't hear uh the horns and the strings on it to the extent that you do on this record okay um and again, a lot of those songs are a little more, I would consider autobiographical, okay. And, and like the lyrical content, not the same as like uh, the stories that you, you know. I, 
the the noir album is like a premise for a song or a song from a soundtrack. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Know, I felt like a, you could write a movie to your album. Yeah, like yeah. you could you could that come was, up with a movie that goes along that, with it. I that feel was like. that was that was in my thinking, and you know, yeah, not unlike uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, you know, like the song "Horseshoes and Hand Grenades." When mm-hmm. I introduced that live, I explained yep. that it is related to uh, kind of a subgenre of noir called the boxing film. Uh, and most famous example is a film called The Setup, but more um, contemporary. Uh, example that would be Bruce Willis's storyline in Pulp Fiction. Mm, okay. You remember when he's the boxer and he's yeah, supposed to throw the fight and then right. he doesn't throw the fight that's and that's right. how he ends up. Uh, I forgot about that part of that. Was that, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in a while, but now yeah. I remember. So that uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades is uh, in part uh, incorporates the boxing film uh, as okay. the inspiration, especially for the second version. But uh, so the, the 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 older band Big B and uh, the Magic Bullets, we put out one record, which was nominated for Detroit Music Award. Oh, cool! Uh, and that that was you know a nice honor. And uh, did that did that band still have um, kind of that blues rock type of yeah still foundation? Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, about to get evil, uh, yeah? that yes. is on this record. Uh, was on that record as well. That uh-huh. was one where I was like, you know what, that's a good song, and it very much kind of has the dark psychological aspect of noir to it. So we ended up pulled that yeah, to, yeah into the new concept. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was that was a fun run. And uh, you know, I talked about this one when we were kind of off air before. But so I I I did music for uh, you know a few years, and then I stopped doing it. You know. And uh, got pretty miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> for for a while there, and that uh, you know certainly I can't blame that on anybody but myself, really, you know. And uh, you know, coincidentally with uh, uh, you know my interest in Buddhism and and certainly some other things that went on in my life, you know, uh, failed relationships, stuff like that, changing mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. Uh, I really started to recognize that uh, I needed to do something to uh, transform my life and to cultivate my own happiness on a regular basis where it was not dependent on something, mm-hmm. you know? In other words, you know, I'm going to make my cause daily in my life in a number of areas, but particularly music, you know, because that uh, anybody uh, who, who plays an instrument knows that they've spent hours and hours of, of their own time, you know, trying to get better on it and that kind of thing. And that's time well spent, really. Yeah, you know, it's time well spent. Mm-hmm. And then as your, you know, skills increase or, you know, like I learned how to play piano and program drums and that kind of thing, uh, that opened up the orchestral aspect of things. You know, during the pandemic, a big blessing for me was being able to get introduced to using orchestral sampling software Ooh. and libraries, you know. I so gotcha. I, yeah. I, like a lot, of, well, really... All of the strings that you hear on the noir record, I played on a keyboard. Okay. Uh, and using these really, really nice sampling libraries from uh, this place called Spitfire Audio that, uh, you know, like Hans Zimmer yeah. licenses some of his stuff through Sweet. Spitfire Audio. And it it was so awesome. You know, here I am in my basement during the pandemic. You know, I had one of those essential jobs where I still had to go and work mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, in the evening, uh, 
you know, I was spending time making soundtrack quality music for our record and just being really, really inspired. Like, oh, this is what I have always wanted to do. It's really, Ooh, really great. Yeah. That's even and, something extra. Yeah, and s still, you know, certainly have that in my tool bag now uh, mm -hmm. as uh, as we go forward. But uh, the horns on the album were those also uh, samples, or was that uh, real horns? A lot of the saxophone comes from uh, two different guys. Okay. Okay. Wow. Uh, Johnny Evans and uh, Joshua James, who uh, I'll plug because he's now a member of the band. Oh, okay. there you go. Cool. <clears throat> Joshua James, uh, I encountered through uh, something called Theater Bazaar Orchestra. Are you guys familiar with Theater Bazaar? No, mm -mm. not at all. All right, for anybody out there, check out Theater Bazaar. Theater Bazaar is this Halloween party that has been going on in Detroit for, I want to say, 20 years now. Okay. And it started on a series of lots, you know, houses, right next to uh, the state fairgrounds, you know, the Detroit area, like 8 Mile and Woodward area. Yep. And uh, for those... You know, from this area, you know that that area got kind of decrepit at one point where the state fairgrounds were, you know, not a place that you would want to be. Yeah. But anyway, these very talented artistic types, uh, you know, bought the houses and, and the land there and they would put on this Halloween party. They had an outdoor stage that stays out there all year. So it would just get cooler looking every year because it would get more weathered. Yeah, mm. fair. You know, and it was just, it was an incredible event for anybody who loves Halloween. Really, the old outdoor theater bazaar was an incredible event. But it kept getting bigger and bigger until uh, I think it reached a point, and I hope I'm not describing this incorrectly, but uh, the legality of putting that on, mm. and it ended up becoming a problem. Ooh. So they ended up uh, one year moving it to uh, what was at the time the State Theater in Detroit, now the Fillmore. Okay, yep. And... Uh, then they took up residence in uh, the Masonic Temple in Detroit. Which oh, wow. If, yeah. if Is you, that the Fox Theater? No. No, 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 no. I'm thinking, okay, never mind, never mind. No, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in that area. Because I've been to all three, and I'm just, I'm mixing them together, I think. The Masonic Temple is a really unique structure, mm. okay? You can go read about it online, or you can take a tour of it. But it is really incredible and has all these rooms upon rooms upon rooms. It's like a Kubrick nightmare come to life. <laughs> it That's really awesome. is. It's yeah. awesome. And for them to host Theater Bazaar there uh, is, is, is really a great fit. So uh, some years back, uh, Theater Bazaar started having uh, this musical group called the Theater Bazaar Orchestra as part of their event. And uh, it was just really cool. They sound kind of like uh, a New Orleans funeral mm. band. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's one aspect of their sound. Sure. But I just thought they were really cool. And they really kind of blew up on my radar. And then when we were making the record, I'm like, I want to have, you know, just to kind of unite our karma with Detroit and that cool event and loving the sound. Uh, I reached out to Joshua James, the guy who is the front man. Uh, and organizer of Theater Bazaar Orchestra, and an incredible force for good in his own right. He's an educator, uh, you know, kind of runs a high school music program, and okay. is active in several bands, uh, but just has great chops and just a really, really good dude, mm. you know, just a force for good. So I reached out to him, and we collaborated uh, by talking on the phone and emailing for the better part of two years, and he ended up doing work on... 500 large the heist song 
that is on the record. Okay. So uh, back in May, uh, my drummer had extended this standing invitation to Josh, like, you should come out and play with us. So he came out and played with us at a gig, and we all had such a blast. <laughs> and he's like, I want to join. Oh, I, yeah. I want to do this. So now Joshua James, when he's available, like yeah. I said, he's a busy dude, but uh, for the most part, he's he's available to uh, to be in our group. So it's really nice to do the noir stuff mm-hmm. with uh, you know a sax player who is a movie fan and totally gets totally gets us. Yeah, yeah. you know. So um, anyway, yeah. he, he's uh, you know on the record, and. Uh, we had some stand-up bass. I was gonna, uh, that was the next thing I was going to ask. I like there's some, some stand-up bass on there. Yeah, I'm J- sure someone James, played that. Uh, James Simonson plays on uh, one song. Uh, he plays on uh, Just Another Harlem Sunset, the uh, instrumental that closes mm-hmm. the record. Yeah. And Love then that song. It, yeah, yeah. We were trying to remember that name I, of that song earlier when we were walking yeah. in. That and song I can see definitely is just in, in a lot of different movies, but what it made me think of is actually, for some reason, David Lynch and... Like Twin Peaks and, yeah. and anything, Dude. anything along that lines. <laughs> you are so on with that. Yeah, <laughs> you are so. The the guy who does uh, uh, the music for David Lynch uh, passed away last year. Angelo Badalamenti. I have that C- the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Oh on yeah, CD is yeah. And, and in particular, there's a song from Fire Walk with Me called "The Pink Room" mm. that had stand up bass in it, and uh, that was that was kind of in my head when I was. Okay. Right now. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like the credits, the end credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. right. I know exactly. For the record, too. But I'm I'm so glad to hear. Yeah, another you, David Lynch fan. Yeah. Or another yeah. Twin Peaks fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right on, right yeah. on, right yeah. on. And you know that's that's another thing about Joshua is he's a big movie fan and uh, he gets that stuff. So when when he and I talk music and stuff, it's it's really fun. to like, oh, you you get it without me having to say anything. Yeah. Right. Right. Was, yeah. yeah. He was meant yeah. to be in your yeah. band for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So what do you guys, uh, you talked about playing, and obviously when you have the right timing, certain people can play with you. Um, Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you right now? Like how often do you get out and play gigs? Where do you guys Uh, play? It's about a couple times a month, and it's in the Detroit area. Okay. Um, You know, having been in this area for uh, a while, I don't know that we have the same kind of offerings as far as, you know, like primarily blues venues that we might have had 15 or 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, but there's a couple of places that we play pretty regularly, a place down in Eastern Market called Loggerhouse 5, mm-hmm. a place in yep. Hazel Park called Max Dugan's that okay. has been a real good patron of the blues over the last few years. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of our thing. Um, I would like to see us play out more. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, certainly like, like out your way, I would like to get out and play in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll be working on that. One thing that is a challenge for me in the last two years is uh, I became a dad. Oh, congrats. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sure. And, and again, that, that's another aspect I'll uh, account to. It's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> it is. That's the thing about the Buddhist practice, though, is I became a dad at 52, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's, you know, for me, I've got such gratitude for it because it's, it's like the guy that I am at 52 is a better dude than he was at 42 and 32. Sure. And I, I feel like I'm going to be a better dad for for the long haul, but I'm just loving the hell out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. whereas, whereas music was really my thing, fatherhood is is way up there now. Good for you. you know? yeah. so, and, and thanks. Yeah, I am I mean, I think people who get being a parent, enjoy being a parent, get that. They're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, right. I think we I both get, get it. <coughs> yeah. yeah. He's got two. I got three. Good so. for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, with that I, though, I, it does take take away some it, of your ability to get it's, out. It's yeah. time. It, it does. Lots I, of time. You know, I haven't uh, I haven't done uh, you know anything that I would consider real songwriting since we uh, concluded the noir album. I've got ideas, but I haven't really hunkered down in the way that uh, that I had before Ben was born. But that's coming. You know, it's a kind of thing where uh, sometimes it takes one thing, and you know, on the, for the noir record, it was red carpet. Uh, there'll be one thing, and uh, again, you know, you guys asked me earlier whether or not the next record is going to be a noir thing, and I think it's going to kind of lean that way. But I think it's it's definitely going to be more of a storytelling and cinematic thing, you know, and that that certainly will lend itself to being more like the noir album. I just don't know that it will be. Uh, as dour as those yeah. <laughs> as those themes are, you know, acro- across the board. There's not a lot of hope. I remember uh, 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 James Elroy, who uh, wrote L.A. Confidential and another, you know, uh, his description of uh, film noir is that in film noir, everyone is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and that's 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 it. Yeah. What I keep ev- everything you're 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 saying and the pieces and parts you're mixing together. I I what pops in my head is the movie Sin City. Oh yeah, Frank. Like oh, I totally. feel like that kind totally. of fits a lot of these mm-hmm. themes like quite well, right? Yeah, it's there was a, there was a point where I had considered um, working with an artist to do uh, a graphic novel that would illustrate storylines that have all mm. the songs. Th- that, you know, like every one of the songs. That. So that you know, like when you were talking earlier, like uh, not like Pulp Fiction, where you have uh, you know these different stories all in one film, it would be a graphic novel that would cover all 10 songs with a story on each. That is a cool idea. Uh, I like that. That's sweet. Yeah, maybe. Well, if anybody could pull it off, I feel like you could. (laughs) Holy smokes. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, and then the album, I mean, I thought was interesting. It's, we were actually talking to, uh, interview prior to this was Haskins, but we were talking about full length album and what's that mean. But, I mean, this is like almost a full hour. Yeah. It's not, common to see that that often anymore i feel like or maybe maybe just i, the I agree and it, it was it was something that i only considered after the fact mm, okay because again you know i mentioned pink floyd i was trying to make kind of a floyd record in links okay you know and uh, that that's that's my thing you know I'm, I'm not about uh putting one song out and another song out but i i recognize that the model these days for for, for creative output is kind of changing it pushes I, that Thing is, I don't know that I'm going to change because, uh, and you don't and have I, to. Exactly, I was going to say that uh, you know you you make art really to kind of please yourself first, and then kind of share it with other people and hope that it resonates. And uh, there may be a happy medium between between uh, you know mm-hmm. what how we did this record and what a more modern approach is. But um, yeah, I, it I'm glad that it's it's that long, and it probably could have been longer. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, there were some other, uh, there were some other like noir ideas that uh, they got left, sure, got left out. But uh, I think that's pretty common with most 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 yeah. albums. Some, yeah, something yeah. doesn't quite make the cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're being true to yourself and true what you would like to do. And I'm I'm glad to hear anybody that a creative person that puts something out in the world isn't trying to push it a certain way for a, a reason that was not part of what their idea was to yeah. begin with. Yeah, I, I, Whether it's I, to make money or please someone else, it's like, ah, I, I love hearing that people don't do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so many artists that kind of did do that and maybe mm-hmm. they're not as happy as they could be. 
they put out music, they make money, but they don't like any of it. They don't care. They're just a voice right. or a this right. or that. They're yeah. in the corporation and the machine, you know. The 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 word that I often use to describe that is authentic. Yeah. You know, if yep. uh, Perfect. this was a very authentic cause and approach that, that we took in making this, uh, I mean, I knew that there would be people who would who would like it and dig on it, but it certainly wasn't made to, uh, you know, to please people or expecting it to catch fire or something. It was like, this is the record I've always wanted to make. That's so, awesome. Oof. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, Getting a little chills here, man. <laughs> this is awesome. So you've talked about, like, some of your background and the themes or genres of, of film that have played into this mm-hmm. what are some of the musical influences you did talk a little bit about that too because you said pink floyd and mm-hmm. um herbie hancock and wh- wh- who are some of your other influences I uh, mean, well i, just, I, I did ma- i did mention tom waits yep um but uh you know as far as being a guitar player goes uh you know when you think about pink floyd that means david gilmore so mm-hmm. david gilmore is a big influence on my playing um i like uh, the guitar uh, abilities of the Edge oh, from, okay. from U2. I've yeah. always, and again, like when you listen to uh, the Joshua Tree, I would consider the Joshua Tree a very cinematic record, you know, in its <clears> sound <throat> and approach. So th- there's a, a little bit here and there of, uh, of the Edge's approach, especially the way that I play slide, I think. Um, you mentioned uh, Angelo Badalamenti is, mm. was a big influence on the record. Another one, uh, you know, especially with the saxophone, I don't know if you guys remember, Morphine. Uh, no, Morphine so. was a band mm. that was around, especially in the mid-'90s, and they had their own brand of music that they called Low Rock. Really? Huh. And Mor- I don't Mor- know this. Oh, you guys are going to love what? You guys are going to love Morphine. Okay. Okay, Morphine was a trio from Boston. So they're a trio, three-piece. Yeah. Drums, saxophone, and a guy who plays two-string fretless bass with a slide tuned to open D. Interesting. And has this really deep voice. And, uh, like, lyrically, like, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades is very much inspired by Morphine. Okay. But Morphine was just so cool. And, uh, you know, the, the, the punchline to Morphine is that their frontman, Mark Sandman, uh, again, incredible musician, died tragically on stage, had a heart attack. Oh my gosh! Uh, and like in Italy or Spain, when in his mid forties. Whoa! And I had tickets to see them when they were coming to Detroit oh, no. within months of that. And you know, Mark Sandman passed away, and of course, that was kind of it for, for oh. morphine. But uh, if you know, when yeah. we talk about a noir influence, morphine, you guys will love okay. morphine. We'll you will that love out. morphine. Yeah, that's good. So that that they're big influence on the record. Um. I think I think those are the big ones. There may be something that I'm forgetting here, but uh, I, you know what? I will say this, especially when we were tracking the record. Um, it sounds funny to say this, but I double tracked uh, some of the solos, especially "About to Get Evil," the outro solo, and "About to Get Evil." Uh, you'll hear two guitars basically playing the same thing. There might be a little bit of a difference between them, but that's very much a t- uh, Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath oh, thing. Yeah, okay. You know, I, and I think I think it's Scorpions when I think of that. Yeah, yeah. I, did the, the, yeah. a lot of you? He, I don't know whether that was both guitars or just a double of one. Well, they, they, they Scorpions, uh, Judas Priest, you know, stuff like that. They would they would do kind of harmonies and stuff, mm. but but Iommi would uh, 
record the solo and then go back and record another solo and sometimes they would be they would be playing the same things and or they would alternate in different directions mm, you know interesting uh yeah like you hear that uh yeah, in, in war pigs and yeah. stuff like that but it's yeah it's, right at the beginning yeah i can i can it's, tell it's it's fun to do that it's fun to do for that, sure so and a more interesting way of doing it than just getting a pedal to make it sound like i'm sure there's yeah. some sort of harmonic yeah. pedal you could get to get that sound to make it sound like a du- your two guitars are playing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you you can do it with a you can kind of fake it sometimes with a delay and pan yeah, one ma- right and one left. Yeah, maybe that's what uh, I was so they sound like uh, you know two separate tracks. But uh, that was a fun thing. Maybe live that's a neat, like something you do live to get that that yeah. effect because you're unless yeah. you got two guys playing the same thing, two guitar yeah. players. But yeah. Yeah. a lot of times you don't. Yeah, I, I want to uh, want to once again plug uh, our producer Peter J who was just, you know, again, it was, this is during the pandemic uh, that we did a lot of work on that record, and he was just so good to work with. Uh, a little history on him. The, the primary blues venue in the Detroit area for a number of years was a place called Callahan's. It was at Auburn Hills. So a lot of the kind of mid-level blues acts, you know, not like huge ones that would play the Fox, but the tier right. under that that are, you know, legit talent mm-hmm. uh, would come through and usually play Callahan's. He was the house sound guy there. Oh, okay. For that whole run, and you know, like when you see uh, YouTube videos, live videos from Callahan, you're like, man, the sound is really awesome on this video. It's because of Peter J. And uh, this is a guy who uh, went to NYU. You know, has has run the board at Electric Ladyland, uh, and now lives in the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, and I mean, I know this for a fact. I'm not speaking out of turn. That he had an opportunity to really utilize all his creativity and skill in a way that he may not have done on any other record. Okay. Uh, because we, we spent that kind of time being very meticulous about it and, uh, you know, just working through stuff. And, you know, he's the type of guy that, uh, you know, our session might end at 10 PM and he's emailing me a mix at 3 AM. Wow. <laughs> uh, he must have where, excited where to work on it. Yeah, 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 where he's done, you know, some incredible stuff with it or, you know, suggested something that we gave a try or whatever. But we had such a good time making that record. I know I'll work with him uh, on whatever our next thing is. But uh, there's something to be said for uh, finding the right producer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I you know, have a pretty good home studio set up and my chops are okay in that area. But when you work with somebody who really, really, really knows what they're doing, it's, it's a relief. It's well worth the money that you spend. And it takes, it, things have this organic quality where they just take off. You're like, man, oh, I started with this idea. I'm holding my hands mm. kind of real close together. <laughs> and we ended up with this. Now I'm holding them real wide apart. It, uh, it was is great. He's such a great dude, and uh, yeah, just such a pleasure to work with, and and really made, uh, you know, made a great record. So that's sweet. Thanks. It's awesome yeah. that you could re- you're retaining a, like you've learned a lot throughout your life about music, create like I'll just say creativity in general. Yeah, you know what? It, you're that's, pulling out names. You're pulling out t- all sorts is, of stuff. This isn't. That's my creative karma. This is an aspect of Buddhism because we kind of go back to. When I am in college, I'm not that great a guitar player. I'm you know, not writing many songs, but I'm starting to learn that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm learning how to use multi-track equipment and everything, mm-hmm. but I've probably played out live like four times at that point. And I took 
uh, over the course of a couple of semesters, back-to-back 500-level courses on film noir. And that's what took, that's what introduced me to film noir and got me, you know, familiar with, you know, the plot themes and Mm -hmm. a lot of the classics that are in that genre. So, uh, you know, I shut the door on that when I get my degree in 93, but it stays, you know, it sticks in my subconscious, in, in my toolkit. And then later on, you know, in life, it, it manifests in this record. I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that something in my early 20s right. really comes to fruition uh, in, you know, what I do creatively in my late 40s and early 50s. So, Sure, yeah. But that, again, that's a thing where, you know, I just want to say to young people out there especially, um, you know, what you're going through now may, may bloom, you know, later on in a way that you had not foreseen. And that, that again, that's an aspect of Buddhism is, and this particularly the Buddhism that I practice is about cause and effect. You know, you make a cause and you see the effect. When you make, uh, you know, these really kind of uh, determined causes in your life that have that create value. That's an yeah. important term. That create value, not just for yourself but for others, but really create value. And you see the effect of it later on. It can be. It can be life changing, certainly life affirming. Yeah, you know, and that, that's that's definitely been the case for me. The actual Sweet. proof, you know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Tying yeah, it all yeah. back together. Yeah. The actual proof. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, awesome. You know, something else I want to plug. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Over here is, uh, I have uh, a good friend that uh, I grew up with in Waterford that I fell out of touch with for many years, uh, and then we ended up uh, kind of reconnecting, and I played on a record that he put out. In uh, I think it was 2017. His band's called Wide Track, okay. and you Wide know I, I I would encourage you guys to to speak with yep. with him. Um, but I played on a Wide Track record, uh, Wide Track Three is the name of it in 2017, and that was that was huge for me because it really uh, got me back into uh, being a guitar player and working on music. And kind of set the stage for the noir record because uh, um, it, it really reminded me of how much I love arranging and playing guitar and having some, you know, something to play over and certainly collaborating with somebody. Uh, it's I, I think it's a really fine record, and he's put out uh, a couple since then. His son at the time I think was ten or eleven, uh-huh. and uh, ended up. <coughs> play bass on the record so now he's cool. like 19 or 20 wow and is a better musician than anybody oh cool so That's he's he he plays out. he plays uh guitar and bass and you know other instruments as well he's a drummer as well but uh, wow. ron my friend from wide track is a great drummer uh a musician institute graduate i don't know if you know the musicians institute out in california but uh, they you know really put out a lot of talent over the years and uh yeah, you need to speak to him and check out Wide Track Three. There's, okay. There's, if you like any of the guitar work on uh, on the Noir album, uh, there's there's more of a probably a rock approach to the stuff that's on Wide Track Three. But man, I had a blast making that record, and there's some Sweet. there's some fire on that man. Cool. <laughs> I know what I'll be listening to on the way home. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, they just, uh, Wide Track just put out a record here in the last month uh, with some great stuff on it. And again, you'll see what I mean when I say that uh, Ron's son, Zach, 
has blossomed into this incredible musician. And I, I, I really foresee some great things for them. He's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Yeah, I would, I would hope you guys would interview them in the future here because once you hear, like, the record that they've got out, you're going to go, oh, my God. Yeah. We have to talk to these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. there's so much talent in the state. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like we keep uncovering new rocks and all See, the time. And yeah, that, That's one thing, you know, when we were talking before this, and you guys were talking about uh, – the niche of your of your podcast this is this is really a thing you guys are making a cause here because uh it just it just happens this way there there is going to be a point here in the next five to ten years where you know michigan music is going to really rise to the top in a way that is going to be formidable you know what i'm saying and people are going to be like you know, seeking out your podcast for that reason, especially if you've talked to some of these people when they were coming up and they yeah, go, this yeah, is I, what, this is what they sounded like in 2023. And, you know, they're still the same guys, but listen to this, you know, and certainly as an artist, I would feel a sense of loyalty to you guys. I mean, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I would, I would certainly come back again in the future if we do something else. For sure. So. It's funny you say that we, <coughs> we've talked to, so not only bands and artists, but mm-hmm. The places they play, venue owners. We've had a recent interview with a venue owner, and he said very similar things. Like he loves seeing yeah. someone that's we'll call him a nobody right now that can play his small his small venue, and then in a couple of years he sees them get so big. He's like, I couldn't get them back to play, even though we they loved playing here. I can't get them back here. They're just yeah. too popular. They, yeah. they don't have time in their schedule. Like they've blown up. They've gotten yeah. huge. I have to imagine you know guys that run venues see that quite often. <laughs> like all yeah. these people grow up from playing their first few shows at their place to, you know, arenas at some point 10 years later or whatever. Yeah. So that's, yeah, such a cool, interesting thing. And yeah. we like not just the artists and the bands, but yeah, like I said, the venues. We yeah. interviewed people that, uh, you know, own recording studios because there's all these parts and pieces that make up what Michigan music is. Yes. Just lots lots of different things. It's, right? it's good of you to recognize yeah, that because right? those are, the with without good producers and good studios and good venues, you know, then people are relying on their phone. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, for sure, exactly. <laughs> and you know, clicks. Right. And uh, there's, you know, you cannot substitute the vital experience mm-hmm. of hearing music live. You know, like I, I talked about what a big deal it was for me to see Roger Waters and Stevie Ray Vaughan as my first two shows. That that makes me who I am as a musician. You know, and sure. I'm yeah. happy and proud of that. But I I appreciate the cause and effect of what you guys do. Awesome. You know, this is this is cool. This is cool. Well, we love it, so I think <coughs> I think we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I get that impression. Yeah, right. Yeah, you guys seem like you're having a great time. We are. Yeah. yeah. So, Brian, what's uh, you kind of talked a little bit about? You're not sure exactly what's next, but uh, mm-hmm. are you? Do you have any shows coming up in the next year in 2024? Well, yeah. I mean, we've and, got some shows uh, left for the rest of this year. Um, we're playing. Uh, a benefit on Sunday the 19th at the Green Door in Lansing. Okay. Uh, there's a, a bunch of, uh, like, four or five bands on the bill, but uh, it's uh, for a food bank. You know, okay. It's closer to us, Jeff. We, that'd yeah. be an easy one to go check it's, out. Right? It's uh, a Thanksgiving drive. We'll probably do an hour set. I think uh, Joshua James, the sax player, will be there. So, you, yeah, if you could make that, that would be Ooh. awesome. But it's for, definitely for a good cause. And Capital Area Blue Society – uh, we represented them in the International Blues Challenge okay. uh, a couple of years back. Made it to the semifinals there. And, nice. Uh, they they treated us really well and continue to treat us very well. I, I I love them a lot. You know, we're members of the Detroit Blues Society as well. Shout out to them. But right. uh, 
cabs uh, cabs has always done right by us and you know the fact that they just reached out to us recently it was like hey will you guys play this event we're like oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah you know that's awesome so we we've got that coming up uh we're playing kind of a private event at this uh nursery you know like a garden nursery yeah, yeah. uh the night before thanksgiving uh in pontiac uh, okay. a place called goldner walsh nursery at, and we always have a good time there i i was kind of skeptical of the first time that we played there and then it's such a cool place to hmm, play, interesting. you know, because you're out in the night air, Yeah. you know, and they've got kind of these cool sparkle lights and everything up. There's some of those heater tubes here and there to mm-hmm. kind of keep the, the temperature not too cold. Right. And, you know, you run your own sound. Everybody brings their own booze or whatever. And it's, it's, it's like this kind of cool private party. And uh, you always get really big music fans that come to this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's been really fun. So we got that. Uh, to finish up November, and then uh, December second, we're playing one of our favorite places in Hazel Park, a place called Max Dugan's. Okay. Uh, shout out to Steve Sawyer's at Max Dugan's, um, and I think that that will probably be our last gig of the year. Okay. okay. Uh, and I, again, being a dad, mm-hmm. uh, being a husband, that's it, you know very important to me these days, and uh, going to finish out the year and that kind of thing. But I think. You know, as we get into next year, uh, it, it's my plan to be working on some new stuff. Okay. You know, just to start woodshedding and, and writing and co-writing, you know, with new members in the band. I, I neglected to mention that uh, we have a keyboard player that has joined us as well, uh, a guy named Cam Dixon. Cam, okay. Cam is a rookie. Cam's like, I don't know, like 21, 22, 23, something like that. A guy that I met through the Buddhist organization that I belong to, SGI, Soka Gokai International. Okay. And uh, it, it's really been great to have, uh, you know, his youth and talent and approach. I, I can tell that he just loves playing music. And, you know, one thing about being uh, in my 50s, a lot of times when you get around musicians that are my age, they're kind of jaded yeah. at this point, you know. Mm. They've kind of lost that exuberance or, you know, oh, that gig's not worth my time. What's it pay? You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. You know? I could see that. And uh, to have somebody who is like, oh, man, I just, I'm just having a blast. Excited. And uh, appreciates doing original material and that kind of thing. It's just it's it's fun you know it makes me wish that uh when i was back in my 20s i i had run into somebody who was in his 40s and 50s Same. and still got it you know yeah yeah but uh yeah shout out to cam dixon as well that's Sweet. awesome so where can uh people find big b or can uh, they hear the music where they can find out more information about uh, you? yeah we're uh we're on spotify and uh amazon and apple and our itunes uh but you can go to our website as well you can spell out uh, www Big B and like the word and the actual proof.com. Uh, you know, you can get our record through our website is kind of, as always, the ideal way to get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can see our dates on there and that kind of thing. Uh, we definitely welcome emails, correspondence from fans. I've heard from people in Europe. Oh, that's cool. You know, nice. which is, it's, it's, it's really cool to have somebody who uh, doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and they only encounter your music through the internet and their ears. And when they're blown away by it and feel compelled to send you uh, an email, like, I, you guys are just the best or incredible, right. you know, it's really, really validating. 
to kind of get that from somebody and and, and just be like, you know, this started as an idea uh, in my head, you know, and, you know, communicated with other musicians. And we went through this whole process, you know, over months and then years. And then this gets released and this guy in Spain uh, (laughs) hears this, you know, after it's gone through that whole process and totally gets it. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that funny? yeah, totally gets it. It That's making cool. making that connection is is really special, you know. Yeah, Sweet. yeah it's something. it's it's one of the reasons that uh, music is just so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool to do that. Rock and roll. <coughs> Thank you, Big B. Thank you. I Thank think, you so much. I think we could uh, work out another interview with you. Maybe we'll do something different next time. Maybe it's with the band. Maybe we. Yeah, I, I'm wh- sure. I'm sure they'd we, love. I think that. we. I I feel like we have so much more we could talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. but. We don't want. We're not going to go on all day. Right? No, we got to save some time for the family. <laughs> I got. I, I got a birthday party at home. I got to get to for yes. my family. Yeah, all that stuff. But you have been something else, my friend. Thank you. This has been real. Yeah, enjoyed Legit. it. Thanks for coming out. Thank all you very right. much. I really enjoyed it. Okay. See you guys later. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Big B. Bit music out. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, check out more episodes on any streaming service out there today, as well as our website, www.themittenmusic.com. You can also find playlists and concert listings there, too. Check us out on social medias, uh, Facebook and Instagram. 